Hello, this is Thomas Lloyd, Artistic Director of the Bucks County Choral Society. Welcome to the first in a series of podcasts designed to introduce our audiences to the Berlioz Requiem, which we will be performing with the Riverside Symphonia at Our Lady of Guadalupe Church in Doylestown on Sunday, March 18, 2018 at 4 p.m. One of the remarkable things about the repertoire of major works for chorus and orchestra is that many of the most popular of these works, for both singers and listeners, are a number of iconic settings of the Latin Mass for the Dead. These works are called requiems, after the Latin word for rest heard at the very beginning of the Mass, requiem eternam, rest eternal, dona eis, grant to them, domine, O Lord. Why is it that we are so drawn to these solemn meditations on death when we tend to avoid talking about the subject almost everywhere else in our culture? The unique role of requiems is most noticed whenever a national tragedy occurs and choirs from coast to coast are called on to pull together performances of the Mozart or Verdi or Foray requiems or others. But music lovers are still drawn to sing and listen to this music, even at times when we are not experiencing personal or national mourning. Somehow, the collective experience of a live concert performance of one of these requiems provides a special opportunity for us to contemplate the meaning of our place in the world alongside others without having to declare our allegiance to a particular tradition or dogma. Most of the composers of these works were themselves uncertain of their religious beliefs. The central Latin text of the Requiem, a long but tightly constructed prayer, beginning with the famous words Dies Irae, or Day of Wrath, is medieval poetry, not prose, a work of the imagination, not a dogmatic declaration of belief. Our response is both personal and communal. The concert is both a performance and a ritual experience. Of all the great requiems, perhaps the strangest and most original is that of the early Romantic composer Hector Berlioz. He was only 34 when he composed the requiem in 1837 on a commission from the French interior minister to honor a fallen military hero. Like most of the other composers of the classical requiems, Berlioz was not responding to the death of someone close to him and he was not a practitioner himself of a religious tradition. But Berlioz was an obsessive by nature. One of his obsessions, aside from love interests, was the idea of a day of final judgment at the end of time. He longed to work out this obsession of this cataclysmic event through the composition of a large-scale work in the tradition of earlier French composers now long forgotten. He wrote... I had difficulty controlling my ideas. At first, the poem of the Dies Irae so intoxicated and excited me that nothing lucid came to me. My head boiled. I felt dizzy. Today, the eruption is under control. The lava has hollowed out its bed, and God willing, all will go well. What makes Berlioz's version of the Requiem so remarkable is the way he uses the large musical forces at his disposal not only to conjure a dramatic evocation of a cataclysmic event at the end of time, but to also use that immense palette of sound to create scenes of great intimacy. In these moments, just a few instruments, or even voices alone, take us to a place where the solitary individual soul becomes existentially aware of its place in the midst of a vast cosmos.
It is not unlike the experience of standing alone in the quiet of a forest or sitting on a deserted ocean beach at dusk, except here we are connected not only to nature, but to words, music, and rituals of people who live centuries before us, pondering the same questions. One way to hear the uniqueness of Berlioz's vision would be to compare the way Mozart before him and Verdi after him set the same Latin words, heard side by side next to these more familiar works, the wonderfully strange combination of otherworldliness and human sensitivity that is Berlioz will stand out in stark relief. Let's begin by listening to how these three composers set the first words of the Mass, Requiem Eternam Dona Eis Domine. Mozart starts with a simple melody. Da, 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 that in the clarinets and bassoons with soft strings below sounds very sorrowful in a subdued way. But when the choir comes in with the opening words to the same melody after the trombones, it is heard suddenly as operatic in a dramatic fugal entrance. <laughs> Verdi also begins with a quiet melody, here with the basses and cellos, but when the chorus enters, it only speaks the words Requiem Eternam. Berlioz, on the other hand, doesn't reveal his requiem melody in the choir until after a slow orchestral introduction that has three dramatic crescendi. <laughs> followed by what sounds like three hammer strokes of fate. Only then is the Requiem melody heard, similar to Verdi's. But accompanied by a second melody that sounds like a mourner sobbing.
Following the opening words, rest eternal, the words for dona eis domine, grant unto them, O Lord, are treated very differently by the three composers. Mozart just continues the melody that he has started without any special coloring. But Verdi introduces a second melody, which is very operatic, uh, almost like a heroine sobbing. And he has this played in the violins while the sopranos in the choir uh, sing the words Dona Eis Domine uh, on a secondary melody. Berlioz, on the other hand, brings us an angelic melody, first in the tenors and then the sopranos, especially unusually ornate melody in the sopranos on the word dona. The middle section of the first movement text for a requiem is a short one found in the Psalms, offering hymns of praise and thanksgiving on behalf of the departed. Te decet hymnus Deus in Sion to you we offer hymns, O God, in Zion, and closing with the words, Exaudi orationem meam, hear my prayer. Ad te omnis caro veniet, unto you all flesh, all humankind shall come. Here again, Mozart, in his relatively compact setting, gives little special attention to these words. But Verdi, on the other hand, stops the orchestra and has the chorus alone sing a fugal setting of these words in a very stentorian, declamatory fashion. Berlioz, however, begins again quite lyrically with a long spun-out melody sung simply in unison by one section at a time, the melody we heard at the beginning of this podcast. It reaches an almost frightening climax with the tenors singing at the top of their range the words, To thee all flesh shall come, before the requiem theme comes crashing in, this time with monumental force.
special moment in all three settings comes with the words et lux perpetua, luce ad eis, may light perpetual shine upon them. For Mozart, the music is both majestic and pleading. For Verdi, the words at lux perpetua come at the end of the opening requiem section and just before the Kyrie eleison section that traditionally comes at the end of the first movement of the requiem. Here he sets it in a grand fugue beginning with soloists, perhaps inspired by Mozart's grand fugue on his Kyrie. Let's listen to Verdi's version first. Kyrie Fugue sounds like it could be right out of one of his mid-period grand operas, but Mozart looks back to his beloved Handel for a subject from Messiah to build a double fugue with great dramatic intensity. Berlioz's setting of the words for perpetual light also lead heavenward, but his special mastery for orchestration has the violins taking the choir's phrase even higher than we can imagine, a moment of supreme exaltation and hope that is unmatched in the literature. Then, rather than following this sublime phrase with a grand fugue like Mozart or Verdi, he gives us silence and the low stuttering of the chorus, almost speaking. The end of this first movement for Berlioz leaves us uncertain, as though we have been carried aloft to a sublime but strange place we do not yet understand.
Thank you for joining us for this first podcast from the Bucks County Choral Society introducing the Berlioz Requiem. Recorded excerpts were drawn from the John Elliott Gardner recording of the Mozart, the Charles Munch recording of the Berlioz, and the Verdi Requiem is recorded by Arturo Toscanini. If you enjoyed this podcast, we hope you'll tell a friend and look for reduced-priced advanced tickets, which can be purchased through our website at buckschoral.org. Tune in for the next episode when we take a look at the Dies Irae movement with its quadruple brass and timpani choirs. <laughs>